0: Father, you are a good God who knows every single one of our needs right now better than we know it ourselves. Lord, you know every hurt, every wound, every pain, every discouragement, every historic issue that keeps us in the past. Father, you know our wounds, our scars. You know the things that we aspire to and you know the things that we wish we had not done. You know it all. And yet, You still call us to Yourself. You still offer us relationship. You still give us Yourself. And so, I am so grateful, O God, that You love and You pursue, that You sacrifice for and You give that you draw to yourself and you're powerful. So, Father, I pray, Lord, for the marriages that are represented here. I pray for the singles, that they would stay focused on you. I pray for the children. Strengthen them, O God, to uh, honor their parents. Give those same parents wisdom to guide those children. Father, I pray that you do... Miraculous work, but not only in the individuals that are placed here. As a church, oh God, I pray that we would be an unstoppable force for your glory that you would be lifted high and loved and adored, that you would bless us so that the nations may be glad and that your glory may be known, that we would live for a purpose that's bigger than us and you would receive glory. Father, I pray that you transform lives, that you change us even now not just for our sake, Lord, but for your glory's sake and for the sake of this broken world. For I do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm so grateful that you're here. I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you don't have... A a Bible. When I first came to church, I did not have a Bible, right? Not shocking, right? When I first came to church, I did not have a Bible, so um, I felt awkward. So we've thought about you. We're going to have the words up on the screen. But if that's too far from you, from where you're sitting, the words are also in your bulletin. So you could follow along there and make notes. Today we're, gonna, we're starting a brand new spirit uh, series, and it's called holy spirit we're going to be talking about the holy spirit now i know that once i mentioned that there are mental models that go off in your mind there are thoughts that you get if you come from a very charismatic background you have a thought or an idea about the holy spirit when i was growing up my mother who never went to church herself saw fit to send me to a church that she really didn't investigate. Have you ever had this issue? Did my family do this or is it yours too? Yeah, yeah, mine too. Right. And so uh, what happened was I went to this church that was maybe not the best... uh, Oh, they weren't very good at proclaiming the gospel. I don't know how to say it nicely. They weren't very... They didn't proclaim God as Lord and King it seemed, um, from my perspective, from my little six- and seven-year-old perspective, it seemed like an insane asylum. Um, uh, Some of you grew up... Who here grew up as as a Catholic? Who here... Right, wow, there's a lot of you. Okay, put your hands down. Who here grew up as, like, a charismatic or Pentecostal or or something like that? Who here grew up as other? Okay, so we have, uh, have like, a, a sort of all... Yeah, right. So it's, it's across the board, right? Well, my, my charismatic experience is that people started to run around and speak in ways that I thought was odd. And, um, and it, was, it was scary to me. But that was my first experience with being filled with God. That was the first experience. That to be filled with God is to act like you're out of your mind. Some of us, listen to me, let's get honest. Some of us went to church. And this might be your first or second or third time back. Because the people who were supposed to be filled with the leading of the Holy Spirit, who's supposed to be full of God, didn't help you and support you and love you and lead you to see God as glorious and wonderful. They hurt you, either by what they said or by what they did. And you were so wounded by it, you left church altogether. You said, you know what? Don't want to have anything to do with it. If that's what it means to be filled with God, I want nothing to do with it. Some of us didn't necessarily go to church, but we experienced church folk Right? You run across them sometimes in the supermarket or in your classes or in your workspace. And, and your experience, and they were the most Christian, Christified people you knew, right? They were the people who were full of God. And your experience with them left you feeling judged and insignificant and felt insecure and hurt. And you said to yourself, if that's what it's like to be filled with God, I want nothing to do with it. Some some of us come from different aspects and different backgrounds. Listen to me. Today we're going to start a series about What the Bible talks about, what it means to be filled with the power of God by the Holy Spirit, we're going to start this series. And listen to me. This is real important. We all come in here with baggage. Every one of us. Every one of us. From the guy who's talking, who had a bad experience and... In, in a church, to the, to the people here who go, uh, yeah, don't worry about it, God doesn't exist, to the, those who said, you know what, I, I tried religion and it doesn't work out for me. Listen to me, you, we all come in with baggage. And today, all I want us to do is to look at the scriptures. And remember, this is going to be a five-week series, at least a five-week series. It might be a seven-week series. But here's what I'm going to tell you. If you leave today going, you know, not all my questions are answered. Good. Come back next week. It's like a five- to seven-week series. If you you leave today and you say, you know what, Um, I'm not sure that I understand. It's fine. Keep coming back. And you'll get more. Today, um, God wants us to know what it's like that there's a a person, person, that is the Holy Spirit, and that God wants us to be filled with Him. And so we're going to look at a scripture, because the truth is, listen to me, we've, you and I, have been filled with many things and to be filled with something is to be directed by something isn't it true that if you hey, can anybody here tell when someone is full of alcohol even if you can't smell them or you can just by watching him can anybody tell right how can you tell anybody the way they act the way they behave the way they carry themselves the way they move the way they talk it is you are and the more filled They are, the more their talk, the more their actions, the more their behaviors tell that they're filled with alcohol. Can anybody here tell when anyone's full of anger? Oh yeah, you don't even have to speak the person's language. You don't even have to know what they're saying. If they're full of anger... You know right away because it affects the way they talk, the way they behave, the way they act. It it affects the way they interact with others. It affects the decisions that they make. It affects every aspect of their lives because everybody knows to be full of something is to act in accordance with what you're full with. After Easter, when we're full of turkey, what do you want to do? Anybody know? Hey, you want to take a nap? Why is that? And I haven't been to your house, and you might not have been to mine, but watch this. You know that because what you get filled with affects what you're going to do next, how you behave, what you say, and what you do. It affects everything. So it's no wonder that God says, I do not want you to be filled on the things of this world they're predictable. They're not what I want for you. God would say, I want you to be, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now today, we're going to look at a particular scripture that's kind of, it's, it's very deep and very powerful. But we're going to look at 1 uh, uh, sec- Corinthians chapter 2. And we have a, um, let me just tell you before we do. Um, in, in the book of Corinthians, uh, 1 Corinthians, Paul is trying to correct the doctrine of a lot of the people um, that he's speaking to. And he's trying to teach them the ways of God. And in teaching them the ways of God, he's going to have to correct a couple of things. Just like with us, we have stuff that we come in here and none of us. When I say one word, you all have a mental model that is associated with that word. So Paul wants to get us out of our past, get us out of our experience, get us out of those things, and says, no, 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 I want you to have new thoughts, new ideas about God. And so he comes to this, uh, he, he's writing a, a letter, and he comes to verse 9 of chapter 2. Now in our congregation, we have a, we have a tradition where we honor the God of the word by standing and the reason is, is because simply God is awesome and those chairs are not comfortable. And so you need a little rest for your bum and, um, no, it's not true. Uh, I mean, they might not be comfortable, but, um, but God is awesome and he's a wonder. And if the president walked in the room, all the dignitaries would stand. Well, God's here and he's a lot bigger than the president. And so we stand um, for the reading of God's word. I'm going to ask you to read particular verses Um, With me, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and I just want you to play along. Even if, like, this is your first time here, and someone said that they would buy you lunch after, uh, you know, and you're like, like, I don't even want to be here, I don't even like the shoes. That's okay. I want you... I want you to play along. Okay? Is that fair? All right, let's try. Together. Verse um, 9. Well, all right. I want everybody to read verse 9, and then I'll read verse 10 and on. Okay? However... As it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. I'll read. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except the man's Spirit within him? In the same way, No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. That we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them, because they are spiritually discerned. May God bless the hearing and the reading of His Word. I know it goes on a little bit further, but we'll not have the time. So please, have a seat. Okay, this, this is a very complex, and I've, I've been praying all week about how to present this text. But I'm going to start with the last verse that we just read first, and then I'm going to try to go. So this is going to be like a Quentin Tarantino sermon, okay? So you're going to have like the first, the first verse last, and the last first verse, right? You'll get that going home. And so um, I'm going to start with the last verse that we read. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of god for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned did you hear that that means listen to me that means remember what we talked about last week that death is coming and some of y'all want to forget that sermon it's cool i understand death is coming death is coming but christ is risen right well for those who live with without that second part of the sermon, without that truth that Christ is risen and that I can receive Him as Lord and Savior, that He's glorious and He's great, that when we talk about spiritual things, they're stupid. They're foolishness. That when we talk about spiritual things to people who do not have the Spirit, who have not humbled themselves before God, think of how crazy it sounds. I mean... Haven't you? Like, I, 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 I wasn't a Christian uh, my whole life. I came to Christ kind of later on in my life, um, in my 20s. And so whenever I heard somebody talk about God and Jesus, whenever I talked to anybody, uh, whenever I heard anybody talk about how they're going to depend on Christ or look to the Lord, it was a goof. It was a joke. The joke was on them. Don't you see? There's nothing. There's nothing. You're born, you live, you die. You are waiting for Santa Claus. Nothing is going to happen. And that's just the way... Listen, listen to me. You know why? Because when you do not have the Spirit, the things of the Spirit are foolishness. Utterly Ridiculous. And there are some of us right now who as I speak don't even care about the next words that I'm about to say because it's all foolishness to you. Let me push on you a little bit. Listen to me. Just give me a few minutes and see if the scriptures, if God's spirit won't make the scriptures come alive to you. So just suspend your disbelief for a few minutes. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, there's a lot of things, and I'm going to get to some charismatic things and all that other stuff. Um, And, you know, again, I'm trying to set up a whole five to seven week series today. So I'm going to try to speak as, as quickly as I can. But let me just share this. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, the first reason why it would be foolishness to those, because you can't see God. You can't see God. You can't smell God. You can't taste him. You can't touch him. You can't do anything. And you figure if it's not something that you can, listen, if it's not something that you could, that you could, test under a microscope that you can taste, that you can touch, that you can... Listen, then it's silly. It's foolishness. Let me just submit to you that there are many things, many things, that just because your senses don't sense them, you still believe in them. Let me give you the most obvious one, air. Air is not something you can see, smell, taste, touch. It's not something that you can feel. Listen to me. All you can do is say, yes, there must be air, because look, I'm alive. This is this is this makes sense because, oh my gosh, I'm speaking, I'm talking. You could feel wind. We're not talking about wind, we're talking about air. Listen to me. Listen. You believe in air, even though you don't see it, smell it, taste it. It is possible to believe in the It's not possible to look at the universe, to look at the creation around us, and come up with the idea that this just happened by accident with no influence. Let me tell you you something. I live uh, across the street from the beach. And I run on the boardwalk, right? And so, if it, I, I hate to run in the sand, but I have before. When you run on the sand, you notice that when the waves hit up against the sand, that there are interesting little swirls and designs that the waves make. If you and I ran up a, upon a little swirl or a wave in the sand, we would go, that happened by chance. That happened just kind of by the waves hitting in a particular way. There was no really intelligent design behind that. That just kind of happened over a course of time during a course of series of events. We would agree with that, and we would have no problem agreeing with that, right? But if we ran a little bit further and we saw in the sand, Sally loves Joseph, you and I would certainly not come to the conclusion that the waves hitting up against the sand made this beautiful set of letters come together and say, Sally loves Joseph. Wouldn't you agree with that, that? That if I said, oh my gosh, look at what the waves did, you would look at me and you would go, that's stupid. Obviously, either Joseph or Sally wrote that down, right? Somebody named Joseph or somebody named Sally. Listen to me. In the same way, it's preposterous to look at the sky, to find out about the the profundity of the complexities of the universe and say, accident, accident, are you kidding? As technologically advanced as we are, we cannot make a camera do what the human eye does to adjust to the sensitivities of light, to see long distances and short distances, to focus. And we're in the 21st century. We've been at it for a while. Listen to me. You cannot look upon the human body with with all the complex... you think the universe is complex? The human body is... You cannot look at that and say, Nah! Swirls in the sand! Silly! Doesn't make any sense! That just happened. You know how that happened? By accident! Come on, man. Listen, if you and I... If you and I came to a a junkyard, if we came to a junkyard and we saw that all this debris was all over, you know, we had a transmission over there, you had a, you go, oh man, what a mess, you know, maybe a hurricane came, you know, whatever. But if we came in that same junkyard and we saw like a, a 72 Corvette, right? Cherry red with the, I mean, and there's a key laying in the door. And then we open up the door, and then we open it up, and then we sit down, and we go, vroom. Woo! Here's what you would not say. Amazing what time and chance could do with all these parts that are around. Painting cherry red and everything? How cool is that? And these just, it must have taken a million years. See how stupid that sounds? But listen, we start talking about God and you just go, oh yeah, complexity of the human eye. Oh my God, the vastness of the universe. The fact that the universe is far bigger than anyone here can possibly comprehend. And yet it seems like, and this is not me saying it. These are Nobel Prize winners who are, quite frankly, a lot smarter than me and who don't know Jesus, don't know God, don't love God, and saying it seems like the universe was finely tuned specifically for life here on earth. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) I'm glad you caught up with this book, because that's a fact. There is nowhere else in this universe or in any other universe that we could see. Listen to me. I'll give you one last thing, because I asked you just for a few minutes. You might shut me off, so if you're here, and, and God's no big deal. Okay, if you got, anybody here got a watch? Give me a watch. Somebody give me a watch. Nobody's got a watch. Everybody's lost. Oh, Ben Chisholm's got a watch. Ben is one of the cool guys with the best beard in all of Brooklyn. Love it. Okay. Yeah, rocks on. I love his beard. One day I'm going to have one. Okay, all um, right. Okay, so this here, if I opened up the back, and I won't, but if I opened up the back, you would notice that there has gears and, and levers and things like that to make this particular watch go. You would not find this among a bunch of metal and say to yourself, there, you know what? If you give it a million years, just put, I mean, how long would it take? Just ask yourself this. If I put all of the aspects of this watch, the needles, the, the, the gears, the everything, and I put it on this table... And I said, now how long do you think it'll take to make a quartz watch? How long do you think it'll take? You go, oh, give it a million years. And then it'll, okay, a billion years. A hundred billion years? A trillion like, how long would it take to make one quartz watch? And I, I'm talking about me putting the th- stuff there. I'm not, I'm not even asking where that stuff would come from when, it, when we get to the universe part. I'm saying, how long would it take? Put it in a blender. Have it swirl around for the next million years. How long would it take? You know what? None of us would say a million, a billion, because we're not that stupid. Because of the complexities of a watch, you could never say that they could come together by chance. So here's my, here's my shot at you. Would you just open your mind? The fact that... Hey, let me ask you something. Where do your thoughts come from? Good night. Where do your thoughts come from? Where do your memory... Do you understand how complex this deal is? If a watch which is nothing in comparison to the human mind. If if this needs a creator, maybe so do you. So. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him and he cannot understand them. Listen to me. In Christ, this is the... <coughs> This is And Ben, thank you very much for the watch. Thanks. Thank Ben for the watch. All right, great job. Here's all I want you to do. I know I haven't taken you off. Well, that doesn't mean that the God of the Bible is that, yeah, 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 I get it. I'm just asking that you would open your mind to what we're about to talk about. Because I'm telling you, God wants to speak to you. God wants You. You. That's it. So, um, okay. So let's go um, back, jump up to verse nine, and then we'll we'll keep on going from there. However, as no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Listen to me. The next sentence just makes this: No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Like, have you ever been walking this Christian walk and now I'm talking, you know, now I'm talking to Christians. Have you ever been walking and say, I think there should be more? Like have you longed for more? I've done that. Have you ever done that? It's like, you know, I, I just I think there should be more. I think I want more. Listen to me. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Now listen to this next statement. But God has revealed it to us. How? By his spirit. Okay. Now, this next few minutes, I need you Christians to zero in on me. Because I really need you. I need you. It, listen, I know you tuned out a few minutes ago. You don't even know what my last statement was, right? It's cool. I need you to tune in now. Shake it off and tune in. Christian. God reveals it to us by his spirit. Who is the spirit? Quick, quick theology. Theology 101 or Trinity 101. Trinity does not come up in the Bible. The word does not come up in the, in the Bible. The word is a theological term to explain a truth that is found in the Bible but is difficult to um, explain. The word that does come up in the Bible is Godhead. And saying Godhead doesn't really help as much as uh, Trinity, because Trinity is simply stating this: that God is one eternal being, eternally existing in three persons. Okay. Um, uh, there was a professor who once said, "Anybody who denies the Trinity um, will send uh, uh, his soul to hell, and anyone who tries to understand the Trinity." will send his mind to the insane asylum because it's that deep and that complex. Here's, here's the deal. If your God fits in your pocket, your God is too small, just so you know. Just so you know. Now, I'm going to try to explain the Trinity real fast. There's three persons. It's not like... It's not like... Our, and some of you come from like Jehovah Witness backgrounds, Mormon backgrounds, so I'm going to try to explain some stuff really fast. Okay? It's not like... Um, uh, number 1, it's not like I you know how like you look at me like I'm a father and then I'm also your pastor and I'm also Liz's husband, right? That 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 no, that's not what it's saying. Jesus is not schizophrenic when he's praying in the garden. Do you understand? Do you understand Jesus is actually speaking to somebody. He's not talking to himself. He's speaking to another person. He's, he's the son. God the son is speaking to God the father. When the Spirit leads Jesus into the desert, God the Spirit leads God the Son into the desert. When, listen, so it's, but it's one God. We're fierce about this. It's one God, three persons, but you go, I don't understand that. I go, haha, me either. And I've been doing this, I do this for a living. It's okay. (laughs) It's okay to have mystery. One of the things that happened, and I love this, in Jewish, um, when the Jewish scribes, would write God's Word. And, you know, back then they didn't have printing presses. They would be copying God's Word and they would do a meticulous job of copying so that we could have the copies that we have today. When the scribes got to a sentence that they did not understand, they would put their pens down, they would get on their knees and they would pray a simple prayer. God, you are more awesome than ever I thought. And then they would get off their knees and then get back because God, there's mystery in God. Now, I want you to know that God is bigger than you think, but the Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not a force. The Holy Spirit is a him. It's a person. He's never referred to in the Bible as a it. He's only referred to the Bible as a him or a he. He's only given personhood. So when we speak about the Holy Spirit, if you're here and you go, you know, and, and I get it, right? Because, like, you know, a lot of us come from, you know, different backgrounds, and then we, co- we come and we go to, you know, different environments, you know, step groups, um, and, and different other things, and we get the idea that. God is this force that all you have to do is just kind of think positive thoughts and do positive things and obey positive principles. And God is saying, that's not what I'm offering. That's not what I'm offering you. I'm offering you a personal relationship. This changes everything. This is not a force that you can manipulate. This is not a it that you could use. It's a him who wants to talk. It's a him who wants to connect. Could you imagine this? Could you imagine? Could you imagine if Tom Cruise called you up and said, yeah, you know, they're doing the world premiere of my new movie. And I was wondering, I just wanted to hang out with you. Would you come with me? Imagine, right? For some of you, I don't know who, I'm just so out of the loop. I don't know who your star would be. My point is simply this. My point is simply this, and this is a big deal. God, the Holy Spirit, is a person. And He wants to connect with you. So how do we understand God? Well, He's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're co-equal, co-eternal. It's not like you take a pie and you split it in three ways where you have one-third God over here, one-third God over there, one-third God over here, and then you put them together and you have like a Voltron kind of... God that comes together and I'll show the head. Da, 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 da. No, not like that. Not like that. God is God all by himself. And so, okay, so here's, here's, here's a very flawed way that I like to express the, the profundity of who God is. Okay, imagine, imagine, imagine I could pick up a slug, right? And I picked up the slug and I put it in his hand, and imagine I could make the slug understand me, okay? And so just use your imagination, right? It's a creative place. We're in church. Okay, so um, it is. And so I I went to the slug, and I said, tell everyone about me. (laughs) And then I put the slug back down, and it took him two years to get a foot, right? And then he got around all of his slug friends and his slug community, and the slug said... I've seen the great slug in the sky, and everybody's like, "Wow, I'm all ears." Tell us about the great slug in the sky. It was a vision. Tell us about this vision. Well, how do I explain him? He, uh, he had one central slug, and five slugs coming out of that one central slug, and he had. Five little tiny slugs coming out of four of his central slugs. And he talked to me through a hole in a slug on top of the center slug. (laughs) Praise him. (laughs) Worship him. (laughs) Okay. You'd be confused, right? Okay. Now you understand the confusion in the Old Testament, right? If you get that illustration, you get the illustration of the Old Testament. Okay, God, Men are coming, and they're trying to describe God, and they don't get him. I mean, they're trying, and they're writing what God wants them to. But the words that they're using, and it's all true, right? Central slug, five, you know, you know it's all true, but it's a mystery. And then Jesus comes, and he says, I've come to make God plain. I've come so that you don't know what God's like? Look at, look at Jesus. You don't know what God is like? Just, just look at Jesus. And so Jesus came to make God plain. And Jesus himself says, I'll send the Holy Spirit to be with you, that he'll comfort you. You think it's cool to have me alongside of you? He'll be inside of you. You think it's cool to have someone come and speak to you? He will not speak to you. He'll speak in you you think it's you think it's all right that that God would sort of give you uh an a power he said no no, no. the the spirit says i'll be the very power that you flow from it's profound it's a kind of intimacy there's, there's' it's 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 like it's like the intimacy of a honeymoon it's not mail it in it's not fax it in it's the intimacy of a honeymoon where two people for the first time become one. And it's like, whoa, this is profound. This. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. If you're not living the life where your, your mind is blown away and your eyes can't believe what they see and your ears can't imagine what they heard, listen to me, It's because you're not walking in the Spirit. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? Do you see what Paul is doing? He's he's contrasting. Right now he's talking about you have a spirit, I have a spirit. And so, um, who knows the thoughts that are within a man except his spirit, right? That makes sense, right? Like, if I say, I'm tired, you can't say, no, you're not. Like, are you kidding me? I'm the, I am the number one PhD sole authority on how I feel. I can tell you how I feel far better than anybody else, right? Okay, so, Paul is contrasting that it says, who knows the thoughts of a man, but the soul of a man. Now listen to what he says. Because remember, he's talking about the man. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit is God. Verse 12. We have not received the Spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God. I want you to notice something. Look at that verse. We have not received the spirit. Everybody see that? We have not do we have it up here? Yes. We have not received the spirit. Everybody see this word? Okay. Now everybody see this word? Right? What's the difference between this spirit and this spirit? Anybody know? Capital S. This is my spirit, or rather, this is the the spirit of the world, and this is the divine spirit, the spirit of God. Okay. Right now, I'm going to explain to you why some of you relapse and don't know why. Right now, I'm going to explain to some of you why your marriage is just so horrible. In a second, I'm going to explain to you why your family and your home is so out of whack. I'm going to explain to some of you why you struggle with overeating or another addiction. I'm going to explain to some of you why you can't seem to hold your tongue and you destroy relationships. I'm going to explain it to you in a second. So I I just, I need you to clue in because this is important. You ready? Here it is. Because you live according to the spirit of the world, but not by the spirit who is from God. Remember what we said about being drunk, having a a lot of uh, alcohol in you, and how it, it, listen to me. The Holy Spirit, the spirit from God, leads, guides, fills, directs, empowers, strengthens. Listen to me. It is because you're not led by the Spirit. But you go, but I want to be. Good. Stick around for the next few weeks. We're going to talk about how to be filled. But this is huge. Have you ever said, have you ever said when someone insulted you, they just don't know who I am? Have you ever said that? No? Nobody here? I'm the only one? Yeah, just one or two of you? Yeah, just one or two of you. Okay, great. Listen to me. You know why? You know why? Because you're filled with the spirit of the world. Have you has anybody here ever and I'm talking about those of you who are in Christ, has anybody here ever done something that they knew was wrong and everything inside of them was screaming, please don't go down that alley, please don't go down that alley, please don't go down that alley. Anybody, just bye, raise the hands. Just go ahead. Watch this, watch this, watch this. That's because you were drunk, and you still... W- did, all right, wait, 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 let me not finish. <laughs> now, I, I didn't finish my statement, so it's not that funny. You might have been drunk. But listen, listen, this is big, this is huge, this is ti- ginormous. Listen to me, listen to me. Because you are submitted to a spirit. You obey a spirit. You are a drop-dead, wonderful, outrageous, out-of-the-park, incredible, hold-up, step-back, unbelievable follower and worshiper and led by a spirit. The question isn't, are you led by the spirit? The question is, what spirit are you led by? And so now you know why you go. So why do you relapse? Listen, why do you relapse? Because the Spirit of God says, do me a favor, call, uh, you know, call the four friends that you know or the three people or make that meeting. And, and that's what the Spirit of God says. The Spirit who is from God. And says, I guarantee you, this thing will pass. You'll, you'll be past this. This will be no big deal. And you go, you go, no, 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 no. I don't want to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want to be filled with the spirit of this world. You're, you're on your computer, and it's late at night, and your wife has gone to sleep, and you're like, okay, go to sleep now. Don't stay on the computer any longer. No, 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 don't you see, don't you see, listen, shh, listen. I'm filled with the spirit. I'm a charismatic. I will do whatever the spirit tells me to do, but it's the spirit of the world. Your husband acts in a way that you just think is so disrespectful, but you know what? You know how to fix that. It's easy. Shoot him down. Shout him down. That's what worked the last time, didn't it? So do that. You know why you do that? Anybody know? I wonder if you know where I'm going with this. Because you're, you're filled with the spirit of the world. We, though, we, Christian, beloved, follower of Christ, we have received not the Spirit of this world, but we have received the Spirit who is from God. Why? That we may understand what God this is also, has freely given us. Imagine, imagine, Imagine if I got you up here, let's say, and, and there are some people, you know, our church attracts a lot of people who come from broken backgrounds, addicted backgrounds. You don't have to be, come from an addictive background to be in this church. Um, some people joke around like that, but it's not true. You know, this church is for everyone. But if you come from an addicted background, you know, we have a lot of people here. We're the recovery house of worship. So um, imagine if the day before, imagine if the day before you got clean. I brought you up on this stage and said, what would you like out of life? Here's what you would say. I just don't want to drink again. I just don't want to use again. I just don't want to act that way again. I just don't ever want to be in that kind of house or that predicament or that deal. You would say that, right? And if I was Jesus, I would say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, No mind can conceive what I have in store for you. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. The reason you wonder, man, isn't there more of this Christianity than it is? It's because you go, man, you, you come up, God goes, listen, I'll live in you. I'll work through you. I'll empower you. I'll I'll have deep relationship with you. And here's what you go. I just I just I just don't want to drink anymore. And and then God goes no, but there's more. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No mind has conceived. And you go no no. I'll just take just no alcohol. That's it. If you just give me no alcohol, I don't mind. If you would just I would just listen, listen. It's not. It's not that we need less of God or to be less fanatical about God. We need more. We need more. We need to stop going to God like he's a deli and saying, "I'd like three pounds of blessing, please." And I would like, how much is uh, how much is prosperity today? Uh, no, that's too much. I think I'll have peace. Can I have a quarter pound of piece, peace, but thin slices, thin slices, quarter pound a piece. Um, And just... Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. And I've just described to you some of your Christian walk. I just don't want that for you. Oh, Recovery House of Worship, how I want you to be led and filled and consumed by the Spirit. How I want that the Spirit of this world would not be your commander and master but that the Spirit of God, would, He would lead and guide and direct. How I want that for you. This is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths with spiritual words. Listen to me. Right now you should have some questions. Exactly how do I get filled by the Spirit? Keep coming. Here's another question you might have. What does it mean to be baptized in the spirit? Keep coming. We're going to talk about that too. What does it mean to have spiritual gifts? Keep coming. Do you know that God gives gifts? Good gifts. Great gifts. Gifts that are going to rock your world. What does it mean? Listen. What does it mean to, be, to have the spirit poured out over me? Keep coming. What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? Keep coming. We're going to be talking about this in the weeks to come. It will transform your life. So here's what we're saying. In the end, not one of us, not one of us can manipulate God, can jujitsu God into giving us His Spirit. He gives it to us freely. And so if you're saying, but I still yell at my husband, but I still relapse, but I still speak uh, awfully, but I still hurt people with my words, but I still have an attitude, but I still have no peace, but I still struggle with depression, but I still, uh, uh, my children are still going astray, but I still don't have any joy, but I still, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Your first step is to simply saying." is to agreeing with God that you can't do these things and that they can't come about by your energy, power, willpower, or effort. Here's what I need you to do. It's not complex. I need you to go like that. Now, I think in your bulletin, do we have it in your bulletin? There should be like a little, um, is there like a little craft, like a ribbon, yeah. Is there a, yeah, can you show it to me? Somebody, okay, great. You see that? Everyone, you should have this, right? In, in the Bible, the symbol of the Holy Spirit is a dove. Now, you want to hear how cool this is? Maureen made these like a year ago. It's so cool. Thank Maureen for these. Listen, listen, listen. The dove is, a, is the symbol of the Spirit of God. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead and take these off And I want you every single time, and I want you to carry it in your pocket for a week. It's not a good luck charm. Okay? Don't go, oh, oh, I'll carry this, and I'll carry my rosary, and I'll go, stop it! Don't do that. (laughs) I'm trying to give you a mnemonic device here. Okay? This is for you to remember. Okay? Listen. You're going to take this off, and you're going to put it in your pocket and and put it in the pocket that you always go into. Mine's is my right. I always go into my right pocket. That's where I put my phone. That's where I put my pens. That's where I put everything else. Put it in your pocket. Listen to me. And every time you feel it and every time you remember it's there, I want you to pray this simple prayer. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. That's it. God will you feel, you, you know, you're, you're getting ready for the next day, you're taking it out, you see it there on the dresser, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Don't be shocked if when you're, you're doing your dresser, and you're taking it out, and you're putting it on your dresser, and you go, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Listen to me. Don't be surprised if a phone call comes up, and you pick up the phone, and it's someone going, I'm going crazy, I need your help. Because God fills you with the Holy Spirit, not just for you, but to be a blessing to others. Don't be shocked that if you go, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk about this next week, about being filled with the Holy Spirit, what the purpose is for being filled with the Holy Spirit. God, fill me. And don't be shocked if God says, feed that homeless person. Don't be shocked if God says, love your wife. Don't be shocked if God says, listen, get those flowers. Your wife could really use them today. Don't be shocked if God's leading. And I've told you, I mean, I was in the Metro PCS store, and I was asking God to fill me with the Spirit. And uh, it's true. And um, fill me with the Spirit. Anywhere I am, I want to be filled with the Spirit. You know, I got into a conversation with the Metro PCS girl. You know that by the end of that, com- not, not that conversation, four days later, she received Christ as her Lord and Savior. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. God, fill me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Whatever it means. Does it mean being kind to someone? Does it mean sharing my faith with someone? Does it mean, listen, God will fill me with the Holy Spirit. Maybe it just means that he'll give you just joy and peace in a very fretful moment. Maybe he'll give you suffering grace to endure a great bodily, physical pain. Maybe he'll give you words that you could have never come up with on your own to someone who could really, really use it. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Not a good luck charm, but a reminder that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This week he'll also, if you say, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit, he'll give you Opportunities to invite others to this series because we don't want to be filled with this world but the spirit of this world, but we want to be filled with God, the Holy Spirit. We're gonna, I'm gonna lead you in singing a song, um, and, uh, and then we're gonna close. So, won't you sing with me? Would you stand and sing with me?